do you want to buy an established passive income stream and then grow it? Hey, this is Jared Krause, host of the Buying Online Businesses podcast. And in this episode, I'm sharing with you part one of a training we did in our Inner Circle Mastermind with SEO experts with over 15 years of experience, Mr. Craig Campbell. Now, in this episode, Craig and I specifically talk about where he goes to buy website investments and what his website investment strategy actually is. We also talk about how much he buys these websites for and why he pays for sites around that amount. Then we go into what he does to actually grow these businesses to get them to 10 or 20K a month and then what he decides to do with them from there. We also talk about what people do quite poorly with their content sites and what they should do differently to get ranked higher and actually make more revenue. We also talk about how to build some EAT for these sites that are actually faceless and spineless is what Craig actually calls them and how to build that EAT in a way that can allow that not just the site to look like it has more expertise, authority and trust, but also for it to get ranked higher in Google as well. Now, this is such a valuable episode. You guys are absolutely going to love it. We did talk about a lot about how to become a great website investor in the start of this episode. And if you are wanting to become a great website investor, what I do suggest you do is learn how to do due diligence so you don't end up doing something silly like buy a lemon. Now, if you want to get great at due diligence, please, please, please make sure you not just learn how to do it, but go away to my website, buyingonlinebusiness.com forward slash free resources and download my due diligence framework. This is what I use. It's what my clients use. And that's what a lot of people in the industry use to buy sites and you can get it for free. Check it out. There'll be a link in the description. Let's get stuck into the episode. Today's episode is brought to us by Niche Website Builders, which is a company a few of my clients are using and have used for content creation and link building services. They do everything from start to finish, so from keyword research all the way to uploading your completed article for you. We've also had Bob members buy ready-made affiliate sites built by Niche Website Builders. So if you're looking to outrank your competitors' content and build better backlinks, Niche Website Builders and I have a special deal for you. Head to nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. I'll put a link in the show notes for you, but again, that's www.nichewebsite.builders forward slash Bob. Do you want to start investing in websites but don't want to drop $20,000 or more on your first investment? Check out Odis, where you can buy premium age domains to build a website on and add Odis done for you affiliate site package to help you grow your website and get seen. Instead of buying a crummy website that's been built to sell with no authority, buy a premium domain with built-in authority, great SEO, and fresh quality content for your website. Head to odys.link forward slash Bob podcast to check out their great deals. That's odys.link forward slash B-O-B podcast. Link will be in the description too. Craig, welcome back to another Buying Online Businesses episode. Thanks for coming on again. No worries. It's a pleasure, mate. Thanks for having me back. Now, guys, if you are watching on YouTube or anywhere, this brown patch, actually funny story, I told uh, Craig that I was rushing back from the toilet this morning to get onto the the podcast (laughs) and I have this brown patch on my face. 
And I didn't want Craig to think something nasty had happened on the way back from the toilet. What actually has happened <laughs> is I've had a, my surfboard decided to beat me up at the surf and I got some stitches right next to my nose. So I'm trying to protect the scar and the scar tissue underneath with this brown little bandage, if anybody's thinking. Thanks for mentioning that, Craig. Craig was a much a, a huge gentleman trying to make sure I knew what was going on. <laughs> so thank I you. To, I had to, I had to, because if that was on there and it wasn't supposed to be there, exactly. that would be horrendous. So yeah, yeah. Thank just you. always got to check these things because I'm the kind of guy that would have something stuck to my face and be <laughs> rushing around and uh, yeah, it's never good. Yeah. It happens to us all. Thank you. So Craig, we, we had you on, on episode 115. If people haven't checked that out, we went into like user experience and backlink building and, and heaps of cool things. I wanted to get you on in the mastermind to ask you a bunch of questions about sites as well, growing sites. But yep. before we do, I want to ask you, because a lot of people listening to this, the first section will be people that are wanting to buy a site. Now, have you bought a website before? I have. Um a big part of what I do is buying and selling websites for a living, like people buy and sell real estate or yes. whatever you guys call it out in Australia. Um, but it's, yeah, so we, do, well, I do that with digital assets, websites and everything else, you know, buy them, get my team on them, scale them up, flip them on for a massive profit and uh, yeah, regularly look to buy websites that maybe not doing so well in a particular area, whether that be backlinks or on page or, or whatever it might be. So um, yeah, it's a regular thing for me. That's cool. Well, Let's dive into this because I didn't expect to talk about it, but I know it's going to be hugely valuable for everybody listening. So when you go, where do you usually go to find these sites? Are you going off-market deals in like Facebook groups? Are you going Flipper or are you going to some of the bigger brokers? <laughs> um, so it depends on what you want to invest in terms of, you know, for your audience. Personally, I operate at, you know, the low to middle end of the market. I'm looking for a website that needs work done to it rather than me investing yes. money into a website that's already established because yes. from there, where do I go to, to make my margin? Mm. So I'm always looking at the low to the medium end of the, the scale. Um, you know, Facebook groups is a great place. There's a group called Flipping Websites, um, which is a Facebook group which has got websites, probably anything from 500 bucks up to about 10, uh, 10 grand. Anything more than 10 grand, you're probably likely, you know, between probably 10 and 30 you're likely to go to Flipper. And then anything over and above that, you're likely to go to something like Empire Flippers or somewhere like that. Um, you know, Empire Flippers, the entry-level websites are, are, you know, 30 grand or more. You know, you can write up to three, four, five, ten million pounds on Empire Flippers. So unless you're an investor, you know, that's the kind of marketplace for you um, if you're operating at that end of the market. But as an SEO and as a digital marketer, it's my job to grab something at the bottom, scale it up, and then flip it on something like Empire Flippers. So, yeah, I certainly don't look to buy. But also, just looking at lazy affiliates is a great place where you can do your own research. You know, people who've got copyright 2017 in their websites and stuff like that, mm. you know, these are websites you can look at and reach out to them just say, hey, you know, what are you doing with this in time money? You know, maybe they've just get lazy or sloppy or whatever. We should be like vultures. You know, we're looking for people that have maybe went in content heavy and maybe just not so good at the link building side mm. or maybe the exact opposite. 
someone really good at link building who just can't be bothered with it with a good content strategy. You know, that's the kind of weakness that I'm looking for, where I can say, right, good niche, they've done something and it makes a bit of money, but I can make this double, treble, quadruple the the traffic and obviously make a whole lot more money um, and then flip it on. So it's a it's a great business model. Obviously, it's something I'm very comfortable doing because I know the ins and outs of digital marketing. And it's the same as, as I said to you, real estate, you know, guy builders, you know, why yes. wouldn't they do it on their own properties rather than, you know, fixing, you know, the, an old lady's roof or whatever, yeah. buy a property that maybe been fire damaged or needs a bit of work and flip it on and make money. So it's a great business model. It really is. And I'm putting myself in the shoes of a beginner and sort of thinking about, all right, if I'm going to buy a property and flip it, I'm going to be learning this experience as I go. And say when I get really my first one, I end up doing a pretty good kitchen, but the bathroom's not amazing, but I add value to it because the kitchen's really good. Then I go, all right, so I'm pretty good at doing kitchens, not the best doing bathrooms. Maybe what I do is I buy a property that has great potential to renovate the kitchen and make it really amazing and then sell it on to somebody who may want to do do some work with the bathroom. I look at that in terms of there may be different businesses and business models where there may be some SEO work that's needed done to it. There may be some paid digital marketing. There may be automating processes and making the business simpler and different things that you can do to renovate that type of business model. And I think that's a really good way for people to think about it. They might not know what to do on their first website business in terms of growth, but once they get good at a few things, then they can see the value when they purchase those future businesses, right? But here's another thing you can also look at, which a lot of people don't, just when you were mentioning those things, change the monetization method, buy an Amazon website, change it to someone that's going to pay a higher commission. Or just add another, you know, add multiple monetization methods if you want that money to go up. You know, I know a lot of people who've got, you know, an affiliate website and they maybe add AdSense and it adds another few K per month to the website. Now, bear in mind that websites are selling for 40 or 50 times their monthly revenue. revenue. So if you're getting an extra 2K on AdSense, which might seem a bit shitty, um, it's an extra 100K potentially on the sale value. So why wouldn't you do it? I know people argue it looks crappy, it slows the website down and a whole bunch of other stuff. And I'm not necessarily saying add AdSense, you know, buy an Amazon website, you're getting 3%, flip it over to something that's getting 10%. Or, you know, you can use Amazon and other vendors on there. There's so many ways you can look at this and uh, increase the revenue. Of course, of course. And this, what I often do when somebody purchases a business as being a part of my community, when we teach them how to buy businesses, point out those risks that, hmm, okay, it's got one, only one monetization model or it's only got one source of traffic. That's a huge risk. That's what we call single source dependency. Mm-hmm. And what we like to do when we purchase businesses is at least understand the risks and know that we're going to have to carry the risks for a certain amount of time until we remove or at least reduce those risks. And that's what our growth strategy actually is. It's not just growing the business, but more so decreasing the risk, which is a growth strategy in itself. Like you said, if it's just got Amazon affiliate and you add ads, you're not just adding more revenue, but you're decreasing the risk in single source dependency on revenue. And I find that hugely important for all businesses because Business is hard and risk comes around all the time. And the better we are prepared, the better our businesses can thrive. So 
I think that's awesome, Craig. For other first-time investors that are thinking about buying website businesses, what advice would you give them other than looking for something that they could probably add potential to? I mean, you've also got to consider, although you can add potential to it, you know, what I'm also looking for is something that's obviously got scalability. I'm looking at the search volumes, but I'm also looking for websites that potentially don't have a brand built around them. Can we do more in the social media side and everything else? But I don't really dig too deep, you know, in too much. I'm quite confident if a website's only earning a thousand bucks a month that Mm. I can do 10 times better. You know, I'll have a quick look at it probably be single you know a single monetization method it probably doesn't have a great brand out there probably doesn't even have social media probably doesn't even have an about me page so there's so many things in terms of building a brand getting a knowledge panel even building a social media doing paid monetize uh, you know paid monetization methods uh, you know adding multiple other other revenue streams and just growing a whole business you know that is what essentially you're buying you know For me, when you're buying these websites at that point, they're not branded, they don't have social, they don't have an About Me page, they've taken massive dips. You know, these are opportunities I'm looking for. Websites that have been slammed, you know, with these recent updates and and stuff like that as well. You know, stuff that's just not got the right intent, you know, the content's not got the right intent and all that kind of stuff. Everything you've seen penalised over the last six to nine months with those updates where... It's always affiliate websites that don't have an about me page. They don't, they're not tied into social media. They're just faceless, spineless websites. And, uh, you know, they've got the wrong intent um, in their content. And, that, that, you know, the way I would word it to people is Google, it costs Google money to index pages. They've got to pay for more server space and storage space. They're looking ways, looking for ways to flush out the garbage. And if your website's not converting, it's not getting traffic, it's not offering any value to the internet at all, then you're going to get wiped out by one of the updates. And that is where there's so much opportunity for people like us, even doing a bit of CRO, even doing a bit of just changing the monetization method out could be enough for you to double or treble your money. But if you add everything else into the mix, including paid, social media, organic and all that kind of stuff, then, you know, that is what I'm looking for. Something that some lazy guys just had. And and for me, there, there's endless amounts of opportunities and I might hang on to it for six months. I might hang on to it for six years. Um, while it's making me decent money, I'm not, you know, in a mad rush to sell. So if I can get that to 10K a month or whatever, I might sit on it for a while and see how far I can push it. So I'm always looking at how far I can push something. If I've got to 10K a month and I know there's just not enough search for that, you know, I've got to leave the next guy breathing space as well. So would I push it up to 10,000 pounds? You've got to think ahead of the game. You've got to think, right, I can take this from a grand to five grand and flip it on for a massive amount of money. But I've got to leave something for someone else to steal it up to the next thing so it's there's a game to be played there and you know if you're selling something and, and you've pretty much squeezed everything you can out of it you're probably better sitting on it and and, and whatever so there's always a time and a place and, and and everything for everything and I think sometimes when I get a website I want to get in and out quickly because I just know that it's a kind of niche that might fall apart you know in a mm-hmm. year's time or whatever you know it's just you Not know one of those crazy pads yeah, yeah 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 so You've got to, for me, if you're looking at this as a newbie, one, do not go for something seasonal. I entered the golf niche and I found that I was able to get good growth over eight months. Then it went down, then it went up, then there was an algorithm update and all that stuff. It's quite hard to scale. Uh, It's a pain in the ass. Second bit of advice I would also say 
it cost me the same amount of money to get my content written and build links for a product that's £5 or a product that's £500. Now, for me, the cost is the same. There's no point in me selling pencils. There's just not enough profit in it. So I need to be selling the best products. But also, if you're going to do affiliate, just remember you get paid for everything. You know, Amazon's got a 24-hour cookie policy. Also check others if you're doing other monetization. But everything a person buys, so if I lead a person to a golf website and the guy goes and buys a pair of headphones, I'm getting paid commission on the headphones as well. So on your pages, also have expensive stuff, middle-of-the-road stuff and cheap stuff. Do not try and cover everything. All you're doing is dropping a cookie on there. What they buy thereafter really is irrelevant. You're getting paid commission on it. So don't overthink it. Do not overdo your pages. Optimise well and... Uh, as I say, just don't go for seasonal stuff and do not always go for the cheapest stuff. Expensive items sell too. And, you know, for me, I think some of the mistakes I've made along the way was getting into seasonal niches and also promoting products that were making me, you know, an average sale price of 20 bucks up Nothing. across the board. And for me, you know, I would have been as well selling stuff at 200 bucks a pop, you know, selling lawnmowers or some shit like that, as opposed to golf. I was in the golf niche, which is why I keep referring to it. Um, you know, and, and it's T-shirts and everything that cost 20 bucks, you know, gloves and, and hats and all that stuff. So it wasn't a, a great niche. So in terms of scalability, it was, it was quite difficult at that point because I was just breaking even, really. You know, by the time I weighed up my content costs and everything else, it just wasn't turned into money because the Amazon commissions were so low. So, yeah, that's a yeah. couple of tips. That's awesome. I love that. The seasonality, it's it's very tough for a beginner to buy a site and see some high, but then also see the low, especially when it's our first site and when we yeah. Usually quite emotional about our first investment. There's two other things that I picked up that you said, Craig, is that there's so many content sites out there that are just faceless and spineless sites and have no about us page and nothing. And the other thing is that what you like to do is get other traffic streams in and build a social media following. And that actually ties into what you said about faceless, spineless sites is that if you have a site that doesn't have much on the about page, has no socials and any of that sort of stuff. What I see is that when people do build out social channels with, okay, it doesn't need to be an amazing following, but at least a following, what that does is it builds a bit of a digital footprint for Google to be able to see, okay, they have a Facebook group or they have a Facebook page. They also have an Instagram account, a Pinterest account, and all of that sort of contributing to some traffic. We give this that this site at least a bit of a reward in terms of EAT because it's got a digital footprint. And I think that's a very, very important thing that so many content site owners don't actually understand that yeah. if you add in these different traffic channels, it's not just about getting traffic. It's about building that brand, right? And email lists and all these different things. Do you think that's something where content site owners really drop the ball? Massively, you know, for me, the, the November update last year, loads of content-heavy websites were slammed. Mm. Uh, and if you look at them, they didn't have about me pages or nothing. Now, Google initially released EAT in the medic niche because any Tom, Dick or Harry can't be giving medical advice out. I totally get that. But I do think that EAT and, and Expertise Authority and Trust has rolled out further than just the medic niche. And I do think, you know, in terms of you... You know, for example, if I want to trigger a knowledge panel 
what are Google looking at? They're not just looking at my website. They're looking at whether I'm in LinkedIn, whether I've got social media profiles, whether I've got this, whether I'm in Crunchbase. If you want to trigger a knowledge panel, you have to join the dots for Google. That's why people have got an About Me page with links to all their social media, wrap it in schema, same as, and all that kind of stuff. You're showing Google, I'm the same guy here, 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 here. I'm an expert. I'm the authoritative one in my niche job done and Google are able to say right that's a legit business that is someone who has nothing to hide and that's it and you know it would make perfect sense for Google to just wipe out everyone who didn't have that that you know just had a content heavy website that is the Google's costs are spiraling out of control you know with that and they're looking for ways as I said earlier to clean that shit up and that's sadly why I think a lot of content websites were hit yeah and you're right like Google can't just keep promoting bad businesses or bad websites in their search engine because, yes, it costs money, but also to add to that, Craig, if Google keeps referring people to crummy websites, then people are going to stop and it just gets heavier and heavier doing that. People are going to stop using Google and that's not good for Google's business model at all, right? They want the top echelons of the best websites being referred to that are going to provide the best answers from people that are experts, not just somebody that's going to be like, I'm just going to pay somebody to write an article about something I don't know and they don't know. We'll put it up and hopefully it gets some traffic and gets ranked. Google's doesn't, that's not appealing to Google, is it? Yeah, exactly. But you've also seen other updates, you know, where, you know, the informational content that's out there, which was trying to have commercial intent, Mm. A lot of that stuff gets slammed. You know, Google can understand the intent and, you know, their algorithms are getting a lot more complex. So it's no longer a case where you can have informational content with a whole bunch of call to actions to sell them something. It's not the, you know, the right intent and vice versa. So Google are becoming cleverer and things are changing and the goalposts are moving. So I just think you've got to put a little bit more thought and just look at the guys that rank well, commercial intent, informational intent, you know, People have been talking about intent for years. People have not taken it seriously. And it's only now when you see these updates coming out and websites getting slammed, update after update after update, um, you know, people are now starting to take it seriously. And all of these tools are all coming to the the front of the race. You know, your surfers and your, all your kind of on-page tools and analysing what the guys that are in the top 10 search results are doing. These, mm. these are all the kind of big tools at the moment. And people are leaning um, heavily towards on page why were they not doing that two or three years ago do you know what I mean like yeah. this stuff's not just new uh, <laughs> we've been on time and time again and people are always on about adding new content all the time why not go back and better the old content you know if you've got a page there you go onto Ahrefs see your top pages see what pages are giving you the best traffic can I squeeze more out of that can I add some more subheadings mm. can I do anything better there better buttons better calls to actions People never do that. They just want volume, 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 volume. And that is now changing, as you can see. I'm so glad it's changing. I really am. Because it's just the same old song of quality over quantity, right, Craig? Like, I see a lot of people want to buy a content site and they see that, oh, yeah, it's got like hundreds and hundreds or a thousand or more pages of content. The thing with that is, cool, it may have a thousand pages or more of content, but how old is the content? Is it good quality content? It's People are thinking that the asset is valuable if it's got a lot of content, when in reality, 
and the landscape of Google now is that it, most of that content may be rubbish content and it probably is holding the site back. And yeah. a lot of it probably needs to be deleted. And then a lot of it probably needs to be refreshed and refined and updated for it to be relevant enough for Google to refer to again. So I think that's something for people to consider when they're buying a site as well is like how doing a content order on the site and more isn't better, right? You've done it, right? So we've all done it. Get 50 pages of content written, slam it out there. Five of them perform really well. And the, you know, the other 45. Not so right. Yeah. You want to probably merge some of that and throw some of it in the bin, whatever. You know, when I'm looking at websites, it's not that's got a thousand articles. It is, it's got five pages that get a shit ton of traffic. And there is a bunch of other stuff there that I can, you know, merge together or fiddle about with and, and, and get more of that. And I think that's a part of the game that people often miss. They're looking, as you say, for quantity over quality and I'm looking at the top competing pages and you look at my website, your website, anyone's website, there is an element of pages that just get all the traffic in the story with every big website, you know, every website out there, you know, there's probably a handful of pages that do really well and the rest of them are all could be better. Let's be honest. uh, So I think that's where we just need to double down and and focus on what is there and make sure it's better and make sure that we've got 20, 30, 50 pages of sheer quality rather than, I don't know who we're kidding on with, you know, the hundreds and thousands of uh, blog posts and stuff like that. Certainly not the way forward now, probably, you know, five years ago, that strategy worked. But uh, yeah, quality is the main focus. Yeah, I, I just feel worried when some one of my clients comes to me and says, oh, look at how much content this site has. I'm like, well, that's a massive risk in my eyes if you haven't really done a good content audit. And I think the example that you mentioned was is superb. Like if you go away and you get 45 articles written and five of them rank well and, and perform really, really well, the other 40 don't do so well. This is the what I mentioned to my as a strategy to people here in the mastermind is I say to them, all right, so say you pay $100 per article and you're getting 45. That's $4,500. Yeah. Now, why don't we take that budget and just instead of in just put all of that into five, right? $1,000 a blog post and those top five are going to perform even better and probably get more traffic. And you may not need to do five, maybe you do 10 and $500 a post, but or an article, then you're not paying for content that isn't going to get ranked and it's going to be rubbish. You're not yeah. blowing cash really, right? I think that's a it's a smarter strategy. That's it for part one of this episode with Craig Campbell. And you can find out more about Craig and what he does over at craigcampbellseo.com or on his YouTube channel. And they'll put links to these places in the description. Now, in part two of this training, Craig and I talk about what are the things each blog post should actually have for on-page SEO in order for that post to get ranked at the top of Google. And we also talk about what are the top three things that we should be focusing on when growing a content website. Then we dive into a bigger strategy talk on SEO growth what we should be focusing on when we're at a certain part of our journey to prevent spending resources on something that won't actually get us a result. And then we dive in to talk about who should hire an SEO, what type of person should hire an SEO and who shouldn't be hiring an SEO. And then if we are to hire an SEO, at what stage should we hire that SEO? 
and why. This is such a deep chat, not just about hiring an SEO agency or an SEO person to help you, but hiring a mentor in general and who should hire a mentor, who shouldn't, and at what stage should you hire a mentor in your journey to make sure you can get the right results for you in where you're at, what you actually want to achieve. Now, this is such a valuable training. I know that you guys would actually love it. If you want to get part two, access to part two of this training or any of the other trainings in in the circle with all of our awesome guests, you can join the mastermind by going to buyingonlinebusinesses.co forward slash inner circle. That's it from me, guys. I'll see you on the next one. 